Hello, everyone. I'm Brian Carrington, and you're listening to Call Talk for Wednesday, May 31st, 2017. And today's topic is engaged employees. Always a good thing, right? So if you're listening live or you'd like to email me, I'd like to ask you to be a part of the show. It's real easy, and typically most people come in via email. And mine is brian at benchmarkportal.com, spelled out B-R-I-A-N at benchmarkportal.com. So I want to remind everyone that all of our shows are archived and available to listen to at any time that's good for you on our website at benchmarkportal.com. So head over there. We have over five seasons of shows and content just waiting for you there. Now, someone else is waiting, and that's the host of Call Talk, so let's toss it straight to him. Let me introduce Bruce Belfiore. Thank you, Brian, and welcome back to Call Talk, everyone. As you know, Call Talk is dedicated to providing contact center managers with best practice insights, and few areas of management concern are hotter today than employee engagement. Engaged employees are productive, happy employees, and they foster satisfied customers and engender loyalty that's needed to obtain and to retain business in our competitive world. So from hiring, training, motivation, and career advancement, keeping employees engaged, and that's a big payoff for the company, the employee, and you as a manager since you have to walk into the center every day. That's why we've brought an expert on the topic for you, David Kingsley, Senior Vice President of Global HR Strategy and Operations at Salesforce. Welcome to the show, David. Thank you very much, Bruce. It's an honor to be here. Okay, great. Well, David and I met at a recent conference uh, where he laid out some really interesting concepts based on his experience. He's an organizational effectiveness executive who currently serves, as I said, as Salesforce's Senior Vice President of Global Human Resources Strategy, and he leads a global team of 85 professionals in 12 offices around the world in HR strategy, analytics, program management, and employee relations, which serves the 25,000 employees of Salesforce across 26 countries. He's focused on the design, development, and delivery of the employee experience with the perspective that company culture is a thread which runs from the candidate and new hire experience to the employee experience through the customer experience. And he holds a BA in international relations from Catholic University and a master's in organizational science from George Washington University. And prior to joining Salesforce, David held leadership roles in management consulting with Accenture and Booz Allen. So that is quite a resume you've got there, David. So tell us, why oh, thank you, you care? <laughs> okay, no, it's great. It really is. And actually, it's great to have somebody on who's able to dedicate full time to just thinking about how to engage employees. I mean, this is, uh, you know, you have really had an opportunity to think about that on a very, very uh, profound basis. So we're, we're happy mm-hmm. that you're on and able to share that with our listeners. So tell us why we should great. care about how engaged employees are and what, what's the business value? Sure, absolutely, and I think there are there are two things. Um, first of all, and, and appreciate Bruce, you having me on. It's an honor to be here with you, and, and, uh, and an honor for Salesforce to be part of your program, uh, and to talk with and share with a number of the contacts and our managers that are in your listening audience. Uh, many of whom are Salesforce customers, so we appreciate um, you being part of our Ohana or our family. And I'll talk a little bit more about that later on. Um, but why should we care about about the employee engagement? And I'd offer two perspectives on that. The first is that. Um, our engaged employees are the ones who are doing the best work of their careers. And when we have engaged employees, 
um, and we make investments in them, those engaged employees, they experience increased levels of employee effort and employee productivity and employee retention. Um, and then that drives a customer experience. And at Salesforce, we're all about helping our customers connect with their customers in a whole new way. And so increases in customer experience, that translates to better customer service by our employees, better customer satisfaction, and better customer loyalty. And at the end of that value chain, that means increased financial performance and increased impact for our companies and organizations around the world. So as a contact center manager myself, I've got contact centers inside of Salesforce that sit in San Francisco, Indianapolis, London, Sydney, Hyderabad, India, and in Tokyo. And every one of those team members, I'm looking at how engaged an employee are they and how much of a customer experience, or in my words, an engaged employee experience, are they delivering to our internal stakeholders, to the employees of Salesforce all around the world. So that's what I kind of keep my eye on the ball on. It's really those two prongs. It's delivering a great customer experience and then being great engaged employees themselves. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, what you described there as a chain, really, an ROI chain is uh, so important because mm -hmm. each part of that chain requires investment. It requires thought. It requires, requires you to actually uh, spend money and figure out how to deploy resources. But on the other hand, uh, it will actually yield a lot in terms of a good return if it's done properly and it's done in a you know, coordinated, organic ma manner that really does meet the needs of the employees. Well, what are some yeah, of the really tangible does. ways? I, I, Go ahead. Yeah, tangible ways in terms of, in terms of employee engagement, I think it's a, it's a topic that, that gets bandied about, and it's related to culture. And anytime we talk about engaged employees, and again, those are the employees who are doing the best work of their careers. Those are the employees, and we all kind of know who they are uh, in our teams. They're the ones that almost come to work wearing a cape in the morning. They can, they can seem to do these Herculean tasks, and, and they get their work done, and they're helping their colleagues, and they're, they're surprising and delighting customers they're talking with every day um, on the phones and in, in our contact centers. And, um, and so from a tactical perspective, it's important, I think, that we talk about what we mean when we talk about a culture of engaged employees. And at Salesforce, I mentioned earlier, our culture we define as ohana. And it's a Hawaiian word that means family. And our founder and CEO, Mark Benioff, when he was creating Salesforce, he asked himself, what kind of company do I want to create? And he said, I want to create an organization, a company where it feels like you're part of a family. And so at Salesforce, our Ohana culture is defined as our employees, our customers, our partners, and our community. And all four of those elements have to be in harmony with each other as we make manifest our vision. And we believe that the business of business is to improve the state of the world. And so our engaged employees then, the ones who are doing the best work in their careers in our company, are the ones who are driving innovation. And they're driving customer-centric solutions that can think outside the box when they need to, and at the same time, deliver value according to service level agreements that we've agreed to with our customers, whether they're external customers of Salesforce itself, or in my case, internal customers, namely the employees in the organization. Can I just ask you, too, about uh, what your company does in terms of making uh, Ohana something that's not just inside the company but also goes out to the community? If we could talk about that a little bit because I've always been struck by the model that uh, you have there at Salesforce. Sure. One of the things that was one of the founding pillars of the company was something we call our one 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 model. And that means that we give 1% of our time, 1% of our product, and 1% of our equity to the communities. What that translates to at an employee level is that every employee in the company has 56 hours or seven business days of volunteer time off, VTO. So it's kind of like PTO, paid time off, but instead it's volunteer time off. And that's time that they get to give back to their communities. Our Salesforce.org organization inside of Salesforce helps facilitate that by connecting our employees with great nonprofit and non-governmental organizations. 
and then our employees give their time and their talent. And then from a matching funds perspective, our employees around the world have their donations to nonprofit organizations, funds matched by the company. And so it's a way that the company gives back, and then every nonprofit organization in the world qualifies for a fixed number of complementary licenses of Salesforce um, if they're a, a nonprofit organization. And then we actually have our employees, oftentimes many of them, deploy their 56 hours of volunteer time off actually working for those nonprofits, working with them, helping them to set up and use Salesforce in a more productive way. So it's a way that we give back to the communities that we ourselves are part of as family members um, and that our, our children go to school in and that our families live in. So that's an important part of that ecosystem that it has to be self-supporting and can, we can leave no part of that behind. The best part about it is that the 111 model has been part of our company since before we made our first dollar of profit. So I think you can probably all imagine what some of the early investors were, were thinking when they heard this model. And what it did though was it galvanized the company around a core cultural touch point around giving back. Um, and so that's really at the root of these engaged employees. What they tell us is they love working for Salesforce. They love working for our company because the company's values align with theirs. And when the company's al values align with the employee's values, they're in the best position to do great work for the organization. Yeah, no, it, it's very interesting because, I mean, it, it has to be said that for millennials in particular, this uh, alignment of values with uh, how they live their lives and how they uh, pursue their work life is something that's quite important to them. And not to say that for the silent generation and for the boomers, community involvement was not important. It was extremely important. I'm mean, mm -hmm. going all the way back to, to talking about American society. Mm -hmm. uh, my parents' generation, your parents' generation, all of them involved in the community in, in very, very important ways. But the integration of that same commitment into the workplace and the sense that the company is supporting that sort of thing is something that's very important to millennials who want to see sort of the con continuity of, of values. Uh, and uh, that's something mm -hmm. that I know that that, that you guys have been very, very uh, uh, big on. So, um, well, tell us more about uh, engagement inside of the company and the sorts of things that uh, you pursue and that you encourage the various units of, uh, of your company to pursue to foster engagement. Sure. Absolutely. Uh, I think it's good for us to get a definition of terms. So employee engagement is really, if we think back, you know, five or ten years in the, in the industry, we used to talk a lot about employee satisfaction. And as the research uh, coming out of academia and really in the halls of our companies and organizations evolved, what we came to was this idea that employee satisfaction is good. That's a good thing to have. And at the same time, employee engagement is really what we're all after. And that's what's really delivering that value for our customers at the end of the day. So at Salesforce, we define engagement as a sum of three components. Engagement is the sum of culture plus technology plus data. And so I'll unpack each of those three elements. Um, we talked a little about the culture, the Ohana culture. Um, we have a series of core values. Um, for example, here at Salesforce, our number one core value is trust. Um, it's the trust that our customers place in us and that our communities place in us and that we have in our employees and that our employees have um, in the company itself. Um, so we're really clear about defining Ohana, that family culture, being clear about our core values and why we exist as a company. The second step then is technology. So if culture is what makes us us, that's our secret sauce, technology is what helps us scale. So we started about 18 years ago in a little apartment on Telegraph Hill here in San Francisco. And over the last 18 years now, uh, Bruce, we're actually at 26,000 employees. We added another 1,000 um, since the month or so oh. that you and I talked. Um, so we, we keep growing <laughs> okay. at, this, at this amazing pace. And how do you maintain culture at scale? And you do that through technology. So at Salesforce, we talk about drinking our own champagne. You've heard some organizations say eating your own dog food. 
Now, I'm, I love my dog, and she seems to really like her dog food, but I don't want to eat that. What I do know is being this close to Napa Valley, I do like tasting the champagne they have up there. So at Salesforce, we use our own technology. We drink our own champagne. And so we have our, our Salesforce service cloud that we use in our contact center for our employees, to serve our employees. We use our own technology. And the way the Salesforce platform functions is we then integrate with great external partners like Workday. Workday is our system of record. Salesforce is our system of engagement. And so the technology is the second piece, culture plus technology. Technology helps us scale. And then the third piece is data. And data is critical because there is sometimes a chasm in organizations between historically the organization-centered experience and then the employee-centered experience. And what we're all after in business today, I think, is this employee-centered experience because our employees come into work every day expecting, and I would almost say demanding, a customer experience in their own employee journey. And the conditions of that customer expectation are set in their personal lives. They have it in the apps on their phone that they are data-rich, they're mobile, they're social, they're crowdsourced, and they're analytic. And they create those expectations because those apps, they make our employees more productive in their personal life. They're very personalized, they're intelligent, and frankly, they're even addictive. So then they walk in the doors of our buildings and our companies, and they expect that same type of employee experience as a customer of the company for their employee journey. And so that's incumbent upon all of us who are involved in leading and managing and guiding teams around the world to deliver on those customer expectations that our employees have of us and have of our companies. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Okay. And just to go into a little bit more detail uh, for our audience, what are the actual things that you do, the stuff that you've seen that actually works and that uh, resonates with your employees, in addition to the apps that you were just talking about? But uh, do you look to gamification? Do you look to um, other kinds of incentive programs? Do you look to what are the other things that you do and that they might think about sure. doing in terms of building uh, the, uh, the, the culture of engagement? Sure. Bruce, one of the ones that I always like to go back to is, is the Gallup organization, and they put out something called the Q12, the Gallup Q12. And your listeners, um, if they're in front of their computers, they can, they can look that up. If they're driving, maybe when they get to a, a safe place, they can look it up. But Gallup has 12 different statements that help measure employee engagement. And a couple of them that I like, and then I'll talk about one of the things that we do here in Salesforce related to that, um, one of them is that in the last seven days, I've received recognition or praise for doing good work. Uh, now, here at Salesforce, we just about five months ago, we did away with that annual performance summary, and we created a feedback app on the Salesforce platform that now employees can give feedback to each other, laterally to peers, up to their bosses, and down to their team members in a real-time fashion. And so we've used the technology to then create that opportunity for people to say thank you and be given feedback in real time. That's something that we heard really strongly from our workforce. And as we all know, millennials are now the largest constituent element of our workforce, and uh, they want constant feedback. They're telling us that through the research and our surveys. And so um, we make sure that we give them that opportunity to get feedback, request feedback, and then also now that some of them are being, uh, being functioning in manager roles, we're giving them an opportunity to give feedback on a regular basis. Uh, the other one that I really like from the Gallup Q12 is, is number 10. And it says, I have a best friend at work. And the question, I think, for all of us who are, who are on the call today is this idea of how connected do our employees feel to each other? So here at Salesforce, one of our core values is transparency. And we use a product called Chatter. It's our community cloud product that is a company-wide way that all of us connect with each other. And we share our goals, and we share our ability to collaborate with each other. One of the interesting things that we do, and I haven't seen no other company like this in, in my nearly 20-year career, um, is we broadcast our senior executive company meetings to the whole company. And they're, they're broadcast over a webcast, 
and we have giant television screens in the room when we're sitting in there as a leadership team, and the whole company can engage in an ongoing dialogue on Chatter to provide ideas and feedback and responses to what they're hearing and seeing in the room. And our CEO, Mark Benioff, sets the tone for that. He asks the company, what do you all think about that? Let us know in your thoughts in the all-hands chatter group, and they're right there in the room, and then he makes reference to those comments, and we dialogue on those. So it's a way of making a 25, 26,000-person company feel like a very intimate startup that's a, that's a tightly knit team that's all focused on one goal, which is serving our customer and helping our customers connect with their customers in a whole new way. Mm. And it also takes a certain amount of management courage to do that. I mean, to actually uh, have that much transparency. It's possible that uh, for some of our listeners, it's not even possible. It wouldn't even be allowed <laughs> to do that. So uh, the thing is, I guess the idea is that to the extent that you can, to bring that immediacy, to bring that transparency uh, down to things so that at least the people in your operation uh, feel that you as a manager are mm -hmm. communicating with them are, uh, you know, giving them the information that they need and that they should have and that uh, makes them part of the organization is a very important thing to do. Yeah, the research tells us that employees, uh, more than anything, they want to know they've been heard. They want to have a voice. They're okay if their mm -hmm. idea isn't taken up or their recommendation isn't followed. They just want to know that they've been heard. Um, and so I'll tell you, when, mm -hmm. I, when I came to Salesforce and I started operating in, in the system, I was a little concerned. I said, how is this going to work when anybody can say anything to anyone at any time in the company globally? And uh, here in, in the HR operation, we actually we have a delete button. I have a delete button I can use if there's something on there that's inappropriate. And I can tell you in the four years I've been at Salesforce, never one time have I used that button because it's really a self-governing process. And at the same time, I know there are customer organizations that I talk with, especially in highly regulated industries, um, where they say, you know what, that setup won't work for me. And so our customers who are on the Salesforce platform, they can actually configure that and tailor that to, um, to, to restrict a bit what can be said and where and to whom um, in the system. And at the same time, the spirit of transparency, when a leader can get out to their workforce um, in real-time fashion to share information or solicit ideas or feedback, I think is the really critical takeaway there. Right. I think that's it, that the spirit of transparency, if you take it on yourself, even if you're in an environment that doesn't allow for the latitude that Salesforce.com does, that you're able to get some of the benefits, particularly in terms of uh, loyalty from your employees and uh, the input from the employees that you're really looking at. Well, okay, Absolutely. so if, how, do you measure, how do you measure something like uh, engagement? You know, where it's uh, mm -hmm. a bit fuzzy, but how, how do you measure something like that, David? Yeah, so we, we survey our employees twice a year. Um, and when we first started out, there were some skeptics. They said, you know, we, we get a lot of surveys as just human beings, right, in life, in business. We get a lot of surveys. We really want to survey pe people two times a year. Our employees are busy, focused on our customers. And uh, what we did was two things. First of all, we made sure that the survey was very tight. It's about 30 questions that we ask that are really focused on action-driven questions that we can then take um, and provide action planning from. So we get that out. It's, it's a tight survey, and it's enabled on a mobile phone. So our employees can take that wherever they are in the world, um, whether it's an airport or a taxi or walking to or from work or, or doing something you know, in, their, in their spare time and they want to check in with the company. So we give them that ability um, on their mobile device that they can provide us the feedback. Now, the second step is even more important because I know a lot of companies that put out employee surveys. The second step is probably the most important one. We publish the results of our survey to the whole company, and we publish it with visibility down to a level of a manager who has 10 or more direct reports. So if a manager has 10 or fewer, we want to preserve the anonymity of the survey so we won't publish the relationship between that manager and, and her or his direct report. 
At the same time, if the organization is big enough, 10 or more, they publish it. So everybody in the company can look up every other manager and say, hey, how's the culture in their little organization? How's it going on their team? How engaged are the employees? And that transparency then we find drives action because managers look at themselves against their boss, against the company, against their peers, um, against their friends and other parts of the organization, and it drives them to action because they want to deliver better employee experiences, better engaged employees in their organization. And so what they do is then they start action planning and they ask for feedback and they say, hey, here's what we heard from the employee survey. Um, here are some things that we're trying to work on right now that we think are in reference to that. And here are some new ideas that you've shared with me that I really need to ask some more questions about to make sure I understand fully that then we can put those into action to deliver more value back to you, our employees, and then consequently deliver more engaged employees and better customer experience and better financial performance for the company. Hmm. Now, really important, and actually the uh, supervisor level, we see time and again, it's just so, so important here. And so uh, the things that you were just talking about, publishing the results uh, for the whole organization and then creating action plans. In terms of supporting your supervisors in creating those action plans, in making things better, uh, tell us a little bit about how you do that that might be uh, useful for our, our listeners. Sure. It's really a two-pronged approach. The first is, um, like many organizations would, we deploy our HR team, our HR business partners are there to help leaders look at their scores and digest them and think through them and discuss how they're going to present that back to their employees to give them reflections and, and their thoughts on what they're hearing in the survey results. That's the first piece. The second piece is that we encourage all of our managers to collaborate with each other. Um, they do that on our Chatter product. We have a group called All Manager and Manager Success. Um, in the company, and the managers then collaborate. And what you'll see on there is a manager reaching out and saying, hey, you know, I've got a challenge that I have, let's say, a geographically distributed team, potentially across, uh, across national borders. Um, and I'm trying to bring them together and maintain their feeling and their affiliation as one team, as part of the Ohana. Are there other managers out there who have cracked that code? Have you figured that out? And, and would you be willing to share, you know, your secrets with me? And what we see is that managers then in a self-supporting ecosystem really get in and start helping each other. And they'll say, hey, I, I tried a couple things. Two of them worked. Three of them didn't. Let me share with you my lessons learned. And so what we're seeing then is a flywheel for innovation that happens inside, inside the organization where people not only feel compelled to share, um, but they know where to go and they find joy and pleasure as a manager, as a colleague in helping each other out. Um, and so it's the two mm -hmm. pieces. It's our HR team helping them in the traditional fashion, and then managers helping managers, and we provide the technology platform for them to do that, and then the cultural norms that guide them to collaborate and connect with each other. Mm. Well, these are great concepts, absolutely great concepts, and I encourage everybody listening to think about how they can tailor these ideas to their own operations, uh, create the same kind of uh, experience, uh, for the frontline employees, but also for the supervisor and mid-level um, managers who need to be part of the, the family, the familia, the uh, ohana, whatever it is of your own organization. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, well these, these, these have been great insights, and I noticed that Brian has some questions uh, for you. So why don't we uh, turn it over to Brian? All right. Thanks, guys. So I've got two questions. And the first one, <laughs> not from me, but there's another Brian that wrote this in. Uh, and the question is this, what do I do if my employees come back with feedback that I can't fulfill? For example, what if they all want a free lunch and I don't have the resources <laughs> to provide that? Now, I can tell them right now that have they not heard that there's no such thing as a free lunch? But that's probably not the right response, is it? What would you guys tell them? Yeah, I, I <laughs> 
I, I agree with you. There is no such thing as a free lunch. You can maybe get a free sample on Saturday at the grocery store. I have seen that happen, but it's only one per person. <laughs> Yeah. Um, you know, one of the one of the things that I that I I, I really draw a lot of uh, a lot of fun in seeing is if, if anybody uh, is a fan of BuzzFeed, um, you kind of get these updates, and it'll say, um, you know, like next up tomorrow, the top ten ways to engage millennials, and then a few days later, you'll see uh, something that says, you know, the top five ways to engage baby boomers, and and you know what, when you open those articles and you read them, there's not a whole lot of daylight between them. There's not a whole lot of difference, and ultimately, it all goes back to the fact that we are human beings still interacting with other human beings in business um, and in commerce. And so it all goes back to feeling heard. So if an employee has an idea um, with some feedback that, that something the company can't fulfill, let's say it is, I want to give free lunch to the whole company every day. And that's just for many of our organizations, including ours, we, we've chosen to spend our money in other ways and, and put that back to our customers. And so we don't provide free lunch to all of our employees. But what employees want is to know they've been heard. They want a voice and they want a seat at the table. Um, and so the most important thing I think that our leaders can do, and this is an encouragement that I give to all of our leaders inside of our organization, is to make sure that they acknowledge receipt of the message. You know, using some good old-fashioned repeat back. You know, what I think I heard you say was this. And once the employee knows they've been heard, then you can talk about what you are doing. And employees are better primed to listen once they feel like they've been heard and they've got a seat at the table. Um, because much of the time, maybe most of the time, we don't have a whole lot of latitude in some of the decisions we've made in our organizations because of financial constraints or regulatory or what have you. Um, and at the same time, our employees really want to know that they're part of the team, they're part of the ohana, and part of that starts with knowing that their voice um, is heard by leadership. Right. You know, if I could just add to that, uh, David, the fact that uh, I've seen situations time and again where you get the feedback, you do something with it, and then you let the people know that you're doing it because of the feedback you've gotten, and they're just delighted. It, mm -hmm. it really does help the engagement and the feeling of having been heard, as you said. There was one situation, mm -hmm. in fact, Absolutely. in which we did a, uh, a survey for a fairly large organization, and one of the things that came back for this uh, center, um, you know, it wasn't every person, but on a, a strikingly frequent basis was, I'd like to have an ice machine in the uh, in the break room, and it was like, wait a minute, there's no ice machine in the break room. And so, anyway, one of the things we brought back, among numerous others, was okay, get an ice machine for the break room. And they did, and we said, don't just put an ice machine in the break room. Put a sign on the ice machine which says, thank you very mm -hmm. much for your feedback. We heard you. Here is your ice machine, and done in a very yeah. very nice way. You have no idea how this had an impact on the uh, the, the morale. The people just thought, again, yeah. the ice machine was something they needed, they wanted, but it was mainly the fact that they'd been listened to and that something was done about it. That that really they appreciated mm -hmm. that. And uh, yeah, I remember in another situation. Booster. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it really wasn't so. And and this came from a the kind of. Uh, survey that we did, but that people listening now could do for themselves and find out, you know, by having the open-ended question, what's one thing that could be done to make your life better? That sort of a question mm -hmm. can actually come back with uh, very, very useful, useful things for you. Um, and, Absolutely. you know, other things also come out of those that, that are not quite so mundane, but for instance, on the process side, uh, found out that in one operation that had something like uh, uh, 14 desktops, Right, desktop applications for the call center mm -hmm. people. That by imp by putting in um, middleware that brought that down to two or three, it had an increase in morale because it was so much easier to navigate. And they were actually able to calculate, or we were able to calculate for them, 
the savings that came out of that in terms of time spent on the telephone. So it was a win-win mm-hmm. all the way around. Yeah, that's great. Keep those TTRs down, right? Time to resolutions. Yeah, yeah. So, well, great, uh, Brian. You have another question there? Yeah, I sure do. Uh, this one comes from Preeti, and uh, asking: I've seen that Salesforce has done a lot with equal pay and other equality initiatives. What role does equality play in all of this? Yeah. Thanks for the question, Preeti. Um, you, you may have seen in the media anybody that, that follows Salesforce has seen any of the stories. Um, equality at Salesforce is hugely important. It's one of our core values. I mentioned that's part of the Ohana, and we are committed to equality in all of its forms. And it comes in a, a number of different forms. And our employees have told us that it is really important to them as one of their personal core values that that sits front and center for the company. Um, and it's important for us that our employees work. Um, in an environment that, where the values align with their own, their own personal values. And so we create programs that bring equality um, and each of those Ohana values to life inside and outside the company. Um, and then we measure how we're doing when it comes to living those values by digging into those employee survey results um, that, uh, that I talked about twice a year. So um, equality uh, will continue to be part of, of Salesforce's banner. It's something that we believe in that is core to who we are. And we believe it really goes back to reinforcing this idea of the fact that the business of business is, again, to improve the state of the world. That's, that's why we're here. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I mean, those are very large uh, values. They're very important ones, and they're ones that, people, that resonate with people. And they will, in fact, go through the organization, from the top, through the organization, into the uh, co- greater community that you uh, create with your partners and your customers. So, and your customers' yeah. customers, which is uh, actually very, very important as well. Yeah. Well, this is great. I mean, I said we've come to the end of our uh, time period here. I'd love to keep going with you, but I'm afraid we can't. Are there any last thoughts that you have to share with us, uh, Dave? Before we have to, David, before we have to to close off. You know, Bruce, I I, I just really appreciate the opportunity to share with you all and uh, to all the, the contact center managers on the call today and the ones looking for the replay. Um, uh, I have a deep affinity for what you all do, what we do for a living. Uh, I think we're the pointy end of the spear, oftentimes I call it, into the customer organizations, and we deliver the customer experience uh, to the customers of our companies. And just wanted to express appreciation um, for all your listeners and, and the hard work that they're doing every day and also their commitment to improving their own organizations and their own leadership style through listening to programs just like Call Talk. And, and Bruce, thank you. And Brian, thank you for, for hosting us today. Okay. Well, thank you. That's great. Uh, Appreciate that. And with that, I'm afraid we'll have to hand it back over to Brian. Thanks, guys. Yeah, another good show and a lot of good insight there. So appreciate uh, the discussion and uh, definitely worth another listen, I think, on this one. I want to remind you that you can uh, go to our website at benchmarkportal.com and to the Call Talk archive, over five seasons that you'll be greeted with there and and content of all sorts. So make sure you take a look at that and uh, find some other shows that might serve you and your contact center as you work through initiatives uh, that you guys are dealing with this year. So uh, basically from all of us at Benchmark Portal, keep those headsets steady and your fingers ready. This is Brian Carrington signing out. Don't forget, there's no such thing as a free lunch. Or is there?